Welcome to The Odds Pod. I'm Ben Hennessy. And I'm Dave Hendrick, and we're the team behind the Scout Comics title, The Odds. The kind of story that keeps you up at night wondering if, in the end, are we really only food for something or someone bigger? Each week, we invite a new guest on to share their favourite apocalypse stories with us, be it a doomed alternate reality caused by the death of a telepathic patriarch, the rending of the sky to the great beast from the last book of the Bible, or the refusal of your favourite part of the city to gentrify, no matter how many donut, cupcake or dumpling shops show up. We want to date destruction, marry mayhem and raise a little Ragnarok. So, today's guest... He's the writer and director behind the excellent Irish horror podcast, Petrified, Mr. Peter Dunn. Yay! Thanks for joining us, Peter. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, delighted to be here. Great to have you. Great to have you on the show, man. And I've been a big fan of Petrified from from the outset, really, because well, well, Liam grabbed me. The, the producer and was like, "Here, listen to this." And uh, yeah, I've been, I've been, I've been in since since day one. So you're now on to season three. Season three, two episodes into season three, so yeah, just started. We have another six to go, including um, a live episode. We were going live you? audience, yeah. So that's on the way. Wow. Okay. Where else did you swing that? Uh, what was the venue? Literally, we literally recorded it in front of a live audience, but then um, to make to make it kind of to make it work, the episode is about the live recording of a podcast. That's oh, very good. Wrong. Yeah. So yeah. we're using the audience in the episode. Uh, which they don't know. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> did did they know afterwards? <laughs> they knew. Yeah. They, we kind of incorporate them into the show, right? Okay. But they didn't realize that they were such a big part of the show yeah, until after, yeah. Is that your finale for the year? That sounds like a big, a big event kind of yeah, big episode. I think that's yeah, going to be like yeah, the what we kind of finish with. Although there's another episode that kind of nearly finishes, very fittingly, that nearly finishes with the end of the world. So hey. maybe we will leave that. Oh, to, yeah. Look at that. Maybe I should have brought used that as my um, apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you can't have you can't have a favorite apocalypse that 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 nobody knows anything about. You know. <laughs> It is it is harder for us to interview you if we don't know about the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, you got to give us a chance. Although there there have been some guests, Ben, who you know may have who raised, yeah, who may have raised <laughs> things on the night when they go. Actually, I was, you know, the one I was going to do. Well, I'm not going to do that one. Like, mm. Right. Okay. Fine. Um, Two sweats. You know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, better figure this one out and Google real quick what he's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. We. I think we managed admirably. Um. But yeah. Back, back to you, Peter. Um. So give us the skinny on on Petrified. You're, you're, so you're on to season three now. Season one and two. When when did we kick off? Uh, 2019, and then we ended up having to take a big break because of COVID because we literally couldn't get the actors in the room to record it. So, yeah, so we're only kind of really... It was, like, December 2019 we started, and then, um, yeah, it's the third one now. Um, So it's... How do we describe it? We describe it as, like, a a horror anthology from a darker Ireland. That's the blurb. But, uh, yeah, so... Um, we try and the the aim of it is like what's like our USP is the fact that it's Irish, so we use like really Irish things that like yeah. you know things like the twelve pubs of Christmas, ghost estates, you know. Even in the in the 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 last episode just aired was about um the moving statues phenomenon in Ireland in the nineteen eighties. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we try and have like something really Irish yeah. in each one. Yeah. Ben knows my absolute biggest fear and dread is that. Catholic kind of horror, that kind of thing that you only really get that Irish kind of kind of gothic thing that you only really get here. And uh, I, 
was coming home from town today and I gave that a listen on the, on the oh, way back. That was the, the last, last episode. episode yeah. yeah, That was the last episode I had to listen to. And, and I, I was... of you straight away while I was listening to it going, oh, oh I can't wait to hear how Dave talked this. I was know? coming over coming over on the bridge as the, as the sun was going down, listening to those creepy sounds of the, the, the statue moving. And, oh, man, I was like, yeah, this is amazing, you know? Nice. Thanks very much. And, and even in the, the last series, we did um, one about a group of nuns yeah. that go on a pilgrimage to a shrine. So, yeah, like it seems to be, you know, as you were saying, Ireland and religion, there's uh, lots of avenues for horror in yeah. there. Yeah, big time, man. Uh, and, and you really manage to get a lot of the ones that are even even like the ones I remember vaguely from like like primary school. You know the it, it, the uh, the moving statues. Like there's one down here in Wexford that um. Oh, you have one. Made. Yeah, we have we have one in a in um. There's a the, these these two churches, Bright Street and Rose Street, and the priest who more more stuff that scares the crap out of you, Dave. More more church stuff, and um. It's supposedly the statue of the guy who was responsible for funding these things, and he got them funded during the famine. Um, when you know families kind of giving away their kids because they couldn't keep them anymore, he was mm. still taking money off them, this kind of stuff. And um, he, the, the statue is with his head looking to the right, yeah. I think. And every so often, he's looking up at the church as if he's admiring it. And there's there's photos of this, and it's it's, it's interesting. It's it's really weird, but yeah, we have oh, we have one look. of those moving statues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Wow, I should have spoken to you before I wrote it. <laughs> I wish I could remember his name now. Jesus, like, yeah, uh, I should, have, I should have looked that up just to be to have it fresh in my head. Um, yeah, but really, Ben, what's really going on is there's, you know, late at night, there's a, there's a little lad, you know, with another, another statue <laughs> running out. <laughs> Sticking it up, and running back in, and going. I got that uh, again. I, wish, I hope that's the case. I hope like no one's thought about going up to look at the neck to see if there's like a, an appendage that comes out, and another one that can be sucked back on. And, yeah. it's, it's like modern action figures now; they all come with like extra heads, you know. So just <laughs> yeah. switch them around, you know. So this is the haunted head. So where did this come from, Peter? You know, like what made you? Which is like it's a it's a mad idea, right? What made okay. you decide I'm going to get? a group of actors together, I'm going to have to sell in the idea of Irish horror, you know, and then I'm going to record all the sounds they make uh, while we're, you know, yeah. doing these stories. So, so like, what, what possessed you to do it? Why, why did you want to do it? Well, it's certainly like the kind of a bit of a long-winded answer, but like I've always been mad into horror. And so um, uh, I always like trying try things differently like how can you get somebody to have an unusual experience so i used to have this like underground film like called morb and what it would be like i'd meet a group of people bring them to like a weird location and they don't know what film they're going to see till it starts nice and then liam garrity the producer of petrified he actually interviewed me for rte when i was doing this film i think so a good while later i had this idea that i wanted to do i wanted to see could i create an urban legend. So I had this idea that I wanted to do like this audio tour of Dublin, but people that were but the people that were listening to it wouldn't know that none of the stories were real. And so I could imagine Brilliant. like people, you know, tourists going back to, you know, their home countries or whatever and saying, God, you'll never guess what happened in Dublin and none of it would be true. <laughs> so I'm going, how do I how do I make this? And so um the only person I could think of that like had anything to do with audio was Liam Garrity, who yep. interviewed me for 
actually. So uh, I actually kind of like tricked him. So I uh, sent him a message and just said, um, can I meet you for a coffee? I just, I hear you're really into podcasts. Could you like give me some good recommendations and stuff like that? And so then when we were having the coffee, I started like kind of, pitching this idea without like him realizing it was a pitch and then you know finish up by going oh but i don't know anyone who could do, th- who do this <laughs> and then he said oh, do it. and uh then the gassing was like when we were launching petrified um in the sugar club in dublin um we were on stage and somebody asked like a similar question to what you did and i told this story and then that's when i realized liam never knew that i'd tricked him <laughs> <laughs> he drank at the same time as everyone else but anyway, so we did this we did this thing and um it was called eerie and so you were hearing all these ghost stories but then what the listeners also find out is um if you look if you look from above and like kind of you mapped out the route that they walked around Dublin, they've actually walked the shape of a rune or you any that's cursed them. So they're, they're cursed by doing the tour. Fantastic. So we had like, they had, we had grey crack doing eerie. And then, um, you know, we'd be chatting about stuff and like, uh, one of the big things we had in common was like ontology horror. Like, you know, he loves all the kind of seventies Nigel Neal stuff. And I love like, you know, Twilight Zone and Inside Number Nine. And so yeah, nice. I kind of like just said, what if we combine the two and we do like an audio version of those ontology horrors? And then um, that's how it began. But like when we started, you know, we no money whatsoever. Like it was like the, all of them were recorded like downstairs in my house, like around the dining room table all of the actors are my friends, you know, people that I know over the years. And, and yeah, that's how it started. And then the first series did really well, got like kind of great response. And, but I think more importantly, we loved it. Yeah. And then we just to do more and more and more. So it just kind of grew from there. Fantastic. Yeah. I, I do enjoy that every time an episode starts, it, it reminds me that this is what my TV license is going for. Going, oh, finally, something good out of that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is, this is why I pay it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Surely nationwide as well, you know? Is that still made? I don't know if that's still made. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So, so it's eight episodes per season. Is that right? Eight episodes per season. Yeah, the, the first one was um, a bit more stretched because I think we only did... I think it was six or seven for the first episode, uh, for the first series because, once again, we didn't have any idea of how well it was going to do and then of course you know things get more popular they expand yeah yeah yeah. and then it's and it's you and Liam around the the dining room table and is that has that dynamic changed now are you are you moving into studios are you no like no we're still around the dining table and so yeah and so you know stick the kettle on load of biscuits on the table for the actors coming in and so yeah and then it's but the, there's like a big church right behind my house so we have to stop on the air every hour because like the bells go off so yeah so that's it but then the cool thing is like even when Liam does the sound effects like he doesn't use sound banks or anything like that like he'll create them yeah so there was even one where two of the characters like have a fight so mm-hmm. Liam like went home put cushions on the ground and rolled around his floor thumping himself and so that <laughs> well, he he's done effects. that before <laughs> <laughs> he was doing it anyway he just decided to record it <laughs> like, like the sound production in it is really good like I remember there being an episode of um, oh, a guy being on the he's, he's working a phone late at night and yeah, um, yeah. like uh, while a woman is talking to him on the phone there is like another voice layered underneath that and like I remember just trying to figure out like what they were saying and then leaning into it but like the whole way through there's always this really 
really good sound quality that always makes it extra creepy or really really consolidates the idea that this, this is a this is a horror. Yeah, he's, yeah, it's done very well. Credit credit to Liam, you know, he's he's very good at that. Big time, like kind of, so people sometimes don't believe that you know the production aspect of Petrified is two people, you know, and then there's just the actors. But like, yeah, Liam's a genius, like yeah. the stuff he comes out with. But like, he's you know, it's um. Because because I write them, I kind of forget that I had, don't have to do the sound effects. So it's stuff like you know, somebody gets a fork in the eye, and then like I just write it. But then like of course Liam's sitting at home going, "How do I make it sound like this fork in his eye?" Now, he didn't really stick the fork in his eye for that one. He came up with something else. Someone else's <laughs> eye. <laughs> there's a there's... going down to the butchers buying a slab of meat and just stabbing it repeatedly until he gets that right sound. You know, on, yeah. on that on that one I listened to this evening, there there was a there was a particularly wet sound yeah. effect. Yeah. Um. That I don't I don't want to ask him how he did it. You know, because it's crunchy, it's wet, it's yeah, it's uh, there's a oh, it's just yeah. It's fantastic. It's the kind of yeah. stuff, though, that like you know, I I love out of these. Yeah, I mean, like there's um there's a few horror anthologies I've stuck with from the very beginning. Yours is yours is one of them. Um, Thank you. And like the whole way through, it's it's only kind of gotten better and better and gone from strength to strength. And I didn't realize you guys were were recording over a table room with everyone around. Do you find that that kind of lends more magic to the actors who are coming in to record? <laughs> I think it's just that, you know, the most of the people that we have in season three um, were in season one. So it's nearly like a little petrified family. Like we're, we're so used to each other, you know, you know, which like when I'm writing stuff, I know what actors to get in. So everyone's so comfortable with each other. And, you know, before we even start recording, there's a good 40 minutes of just like everyone talking rubbish and drinking tea and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, so there's just a lovely relaxed feeling to it and I think you know because it's in a weird way I think it's because it's so relaxed and like you're in somebody's sitting room and you're not like on your own in the sound booth you're not embarrassed about screaming your head off because the person beside you has been screaming two minutes ago so you know you're not trying to pull these emotions up in solitude you're you're there with everyone else who's also screaming yeah and have the neighbors ever knocked around just to check everything's okay there was one there's one episode in particular coming up uh called creeps and it's about like uh, loads of people like kind of going crazy at a halloween party and so we literally had like you know all the actors and us like marching up and down and banging doors and screaming and doing like kind of evil dead giggles and stuff like that and <laughs> like i'm kind of going is are the neighbors used to it at this stage do they think we're just fruit cakes or yeah. Because yeah, I, because you know, I can hear them coughing sometimes, so they can. Or are they just like getting ready for a sneak preview at the next episode? You know. <laughs> but so, so far, there's been no police call or no bangs oh, on the door. Good stuff. Good stuff. And just on on um, the cast, so you had a you had a very special guest on on the most recent episode. Yeah, yeah the, the, the queen one and of only Sandra. Yeah. yeah, yeah, amazing. <laughs> Yeah, because we and once again, this is the kind of like Liam in action. Like, uh, we'd recorded it, and so the uh, the uh, the lead actress in this because uh, another thing that um we do is like, and I think it's it it is a testament to the actors. Um, the the actors like kind of double job in episodes, right. so you know they they'll be doing like they could be doing two three different people, and you kind of wouldn't know, you know. But uh, the actress in this particular one, she was the newsreader. At the, so there's a news report at the end of the episode. And then like Liam was just, um, he just said, imagine we got Anne Doyle for this. And I was going, oh, yeah, gas. And then like 
three days later he said we have on dolls with this <laughs> <laughs> well yeah but uh but it was gas like just getting and oil to do petrified and then yeah. even um uh, she sent a. She sent like a. When the day the episode came out, she like sent a text message going. Um, what a bracing start to the day! And then she signed it off. XAD. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. I can see. I can see XAD. You know, being a being a T-shirt or something. You know, it's like <laughs> that's fantastic. And and Peter, outside of petrified, you've got a you've got a, another couple of projects on the go, have you? Yeah, well, the majority of stuff I do is like all kind of horror, horror, horror. So, um, as well as like Whitley again, as well as Petford, we had um, a horror podcast for kids called yeah. Spooky FM. And so then I start getting into like, you know, how can you warp horror fans young? So I start doing like horror for kids. I like it. So, You're uh, thinking about the next generation now, building that market funnel. That's that's good, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. actually creating your own fans. Yeah, um, and. Uh, yeah, so then, so I'm doing a yeah doing a horror show for kids, um, and it's kind of a so how it that came about was um oh sorry a horror theater show for kids because how that came about was a few years ago I did this big like horror research project um uh, to see where we got our fears and phobias from and um and how it could be used as entertainment and as part of that um I interviewed like loads of kids kind of ranging in age from five to 15. And so we interviewed them all about things that they were afraid of. And some of the stuff they came out was like, oh, so when you were interviewing them, like just for kind of, uh, you always have to have the guardian present. So, but then what you do is you chat away to the kids to make them forget that their parents there or something. So it's just me and them having like a fun chat. And then some of the things that I was asking them, um, they kind of weren't really thinking that their parents were there. So I'd say things like, you know, what do you think your mom and dad is afraid of? And I remember one little girl was saying, um, oh, I think my mom is afraid that when I grow up, I'll have no time for her. And so the mother's oh, like sitting on the couch looking oh stricken. My God. <laughs> and then, uh, and but then like all the kids were saying, like, they think their parents worry about money. And, you know, and I'd kind of be flicking my eye to the Guardian. Like, you'd know, like they're even going, oh my God, I never thought kids knew this. So, and then I was working with, um, child psychologists as well to see like where you get your fears from and then I was going god there's this absolute wealth of stuff so the it's kind of a comedy horror play but it's like how do you help kids deal with fears and traumas yeah um but also without re-traumatizing them yeah i'm looking at yeah you know? so yeah. Uh, yeah so comedy is the answer yeah yeah i mean i i was actually rendered speechless there when you said they were picking up on that kind of stuff was it was was that the general consensus of all the kids or money money was coming up all the time so you know that what's that saying pigs have big ears you don't realize the kids are listening yeah then another interesting thing was um that every single child when i was asking them like about their fears they all kind of had different ones but like every single child said spiders and it was kind of that thing that like i don't know if they all were or whether they felt that's an answer that you should give. Yeah. So yeah. It's really, yeah. It was really interesting. Some of the stuff that they were coming out with. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. That's like the, the, you know, the kids sitting in the confessional going, uh, and I stole an apple. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had to fight with my sister. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just got to make this shit up and get through it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Even, even with the, so the, and then the child psychologist, like it was this um, lady called Vanessa LeBeau. She was from Canada, but she was saying some really interesting things like that even most of your fear. So to kind of give it very simplified um, 
example. She yeah. said that the three ways that you develop a phobia or learn a fear. So she used the example of um, if you're bitten by a dog, if your mother is bitten by a dog, or if your mother tells you that dog is going to bite you. So, so it really is that, you know, you, you pass on your yeah. fears to your kids. Yeah. Wow. And that's a, a scary thing as well. Learned you know, that you, you realize that you're warping your children. Now yeah. I'm deliberately trying to do it for, you know, commercial reasons. Yeah. Good <laughs> man. I mean, that's, yeah. that's admirable. Yeah. Doing it for money is better, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when, when will we see the, the fruits of this particular enterprise? Well, that's just in development. So right. we've we've a way to go. I'm gonna I'm gonna get like um petrified kind of out of the way, and then I can really focus on this one. Yeah. But um, yeah, but but it's just it's kind of you know the the great thing with kids is like as well like you can be just so gross. You know what I mean? Like there's loads of snot, loads of <laughs> gallons of the stuff. So and you know it, you think that kind of kids have really probably disgusting or simplistic sense of humor turns out very much so do adults like when you when we were recording even the kids podcast like you know the because we would have child performers and adult performers mm. and the adults would be laughing way more than the kids at, like all this disgusting <laughs> well the child is sitting there very professional with a straight face yeah excellent show up their parents that's great that's yeah. a, that does sound fantastic yeah that that you're like i mean you're totally right that that learned behavior thing um of you know passing on phobias i i i know right i'm not going to name names but i know somebody who um managed to pass on their arachnophobia to my two children you know and we are fine with spiders and then my my two lads are like there's a spider over there and i'm like one of these days i'm gonna i'm gonna have to address this you know but um but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it is, it is, it is that thing. You know, you do you do pass them on. If 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 a kid yeah. sees an adult that you know reacts, that's it. You know, I, I you know because you're teaching them that's dangerous or that's to be avoided or, or whatever. Yeah, brilliant. Um, so everybody who comes onto the show is asked that the, the one one <coughs> big question. So so now it's time to to ask you. So um, Peter John of Petrified, what's your favorite apocalypse? Uh, it's Invasion of the Body Snatchers. So there is, it's a good one. So there is, yeah. It, it, so there is. There's been kind of four film adaptations. So it's a book by Jack Finney, but then there was four film mm-hmm. adaptations. But in particular, it's like the 1956 and 1978 one. Yeah, um, yeah. the good the ones. The good ones. Yeah, gosh. Um, but definitely, it's the it's the whole sense that like um, it's a creeping taking over of stuff, and you know the that it's the it still looks like the person you love. It still acts like the person you love, sounds like the person you love, but it's not them. Yeah. So it's this kind of mixed in paranoia. And the way the the way that kind of, um, you know that they're not the person you love is they have no emotions. Mm. So in the, uh, for anyone that's kind of not familiar, so like it's this, this um, it's like kind of an alien invasion. And if the person falls asleep, they're replaced by a pod person. That's exactly like you, but it has no emotion. Um, and so it's, you know, the fifties one that they said was, um, uh, kind of the, the creator's response to the, you know, the reds under the bed, like the communist yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Then the seventies one, which was interesting. They were saying, um, it was kind of mourning the loss of like, you know, the radicalism in the 60s and mm. the counterculture and in the 70s, like all that ended and everyone was just getting dumbed back down. Like, I think there's even like the 70s one, one of the 
replaced people says you know to another character why not give in you still have your car you still have your house and so it's still like commercial there's no emotion to it at all and it's just the the two of them are you know the the 70s one in particular there's parts that are properly scary yeah oh yeah so it's just the it's the coldness to them um, if you can hear in the background, that's the church bell I was talking about. Oh, nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, it's Very nine good. o'clock, everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's kind of, but that's why I picked, and they were just really fantastic films. And I love all that kind of, the all those kind of 70s paranoia things, you know, like the Parallax View, the Separate Wives. I loved yep. all that mm-hmm. stuff. It's like, yeah, this was the, I think possibly the, in my opinion, like the high point of those, well, the seventies yeah. one was the high point of those paranoids. Yeah, I particularly like the the seventies. I do, I do like the original movie as well. I think, I think there's a desolation to that that original movie that mm. you don't, you really don't expect, you know, because you've got that small town vibe that you know that American mm-hmm. thing that we, you know, we, we all we all were familiar with, I suppose. And and it's you know it's Main Street and and Main Street's empty, you know, and it, that's just so scary in that context you know but then with the with the 70s one there is there is as you said that thing of you know why don't you just submit why you know why don't you you know give give yourself into it because you know it's not going to change the material things that you have or or the the material of of your life um there's a really fantastic opening sequence to that movie and I'd love to know more about. I don't know how they did it, but it, it it charts the progress of the invasion from space into 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 our planet, you know. And it looks like it's done with. There's, there seems to be a lot of kind of microscopic photography and stuff like that at, at play because it's it's kind of you know in keeping with like the you know which is quite on topic at the moment. The the Last of Us. It's you know it's nearly a fungal infection that 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 arrives from space. You know it's kind of plant based. And um, and it follows the the spores of these things through through the galaxy when it gets here, and then the other fantastic practical effect is the dock. Oh yeah, yeah. Like and just that, for the sake that, of it, yeah, yeah, and that's kind of cool because in the in the fifties version, um, so how the how the two kind of protagonists are, um, trying to you know get out of the town that's been mm-hmm. taken over they're they're both um acting as if they're emotionless and so the the girl and the guy are kind of walking through the town and no emotions and then a dog runs out in front of her car and the and the woman screams because she thinks the dog is going to get hit and that's how they're found out and they're chased so what they did in the 70s version is um he sees there's a homeless guy and the homeless guy's dog like kind of asleep and they're it's in the process of being um they're being replaced by pod people, but he kicks the pod. Don Sutherland kicks the pod and pushes the two of them together. And then what happens is the pods merge. So when the dog comes out, it has a man's face. Yeah. And so then what happens is um the same thing. They they're trying to get through the town by showing no emotion. And in the seventies, when when the woman sees the dog with the man's face, she screams at that. Yeah. So it's a lovely callback to the fifties version. And that that yeah. that dog that is it's absolutely terrifying when you see it because you're kind yeah. of shocked by it because it's moving like a dog. It's it's fast. It looks at the camera and then it's got this man's face and like for years I was like how did they do yeah, that yeah it's That's an incredible amazing. effect at that stage in cinema and it's, it's literally really well just a mask on a dog like yeah. but it's, 
perspective. Yeah, it's so good. I and think the dogs. That's what makes it creepier. If that was CG'd over a dog, it, it just would look like a CG monster. But because it's just a little bit off, it's just a bit more creepier. It's a bit. Yeah, you know, I'm I was, screaming too. I mean, back then it wouldn't have been CG. It would have been practical anyway. But mm-hmm. I was like, is this an animatronic? Is this a puppet? What is it? You know, and it's just they got a mask of the guy's face. They stuck it on the dog, and then you have that thing where the dog's tongue comes out of the oh, yeah. of the guy's mouth and you're like oh that's even worse <laughs> there, there was there was another link between the two films because i was very late to them I, I only watched them when i was in college because someone told me how good they were so i watched the 50s uh the the first two um and then i think i got into the book afterwards and um i didn't realize they were i thought they were kind of a sequel for a while because kevin mccarthy's in both Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize it. So I, I kind of thought like one was like, um, the invasion has gone on for so long that now he's still running around telling people they're coming. And I went, Oh God, he's had a hard time. It's been years. Um, yeah. but, uh, a really another kind of nice nod back to the original. And, um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's the, he has the big famous scene, you know, at the end when he's running in front of all the cars and going, you're next, you're next. And that's kind of how it climaxes. And then like it happens in the pretty early on in the seventies one where the, yeah. the where the two characters are driving and he jumps in front of the car saying you're next and then you know but even then when he's I think he's hit by the car and even the crowd that he's chased by the mob and then the crowd that are just standing around him like looking at him on the ground have no emotion yeah. you know and that's yeah it's very powerful because and and it's it's brilliant because you know if if you do look at the way you're thinking of it and it's the same character they finally kill him so there's even less yeah, hope yeah. you know yeah. oh, I mean, and I heard initially they were going to have him I think in the film, uh, the Kevin McCarthy one, I think the guards figured out at the end that, oh, hang on, there's another report of of a pod. What's all this about? Maybe they're onto something. I think initially he was just supposed to lose, wasn't he? Like they were supposed to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then in the, but then it, as well, they kind of, so they kind of like imply that they can possibly fight back in the 50s one, but then in the mm-hmm. 70s one, which has the best ending ever it's just it's it, yeah they're going no we're not going to give you that little inkling yeah. of, of I, I, I prefer that it's my best out of all out of four films and the book I think the ending in the book doesn't quite hit the heights of the 70s uh, film it's and, uh, and then even with the 70s one they, they didn't um, so they kind of the director Philip Kaufman kept mm-hmm. it a secret what Donald Sutherland was going to do at the end of the 70s one. So, you know, it, it, it they did it on the day. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the actress Veronica Cartwright, when she's reacting, she's reacting in the moment because she didn't know that's what was going to happen. Fantastic. Well, because they use that again then in the 93, was it 93 or was it later? Uh, where they're all kind of pulling that face and screaming like that. And yeah, wow, that's cool. I didn't realize that was uh, a hidden thing for Veronica Cartwright. I, I and I mean you're you're obviously you're you're invested in in sound design and the sound design certainly in that sequence but throughout the whole movie is 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 just it's on point and mm-hmm. we've talked about this before but you know fifty percent if not ninety percent of horror is sound is how it mm-hmm. you know how it travels across the air and that really emphasizes the 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 terror of the moment and just the footsteps in that scene, you know, there's nothing else. Like you can hear the, you can hear the breeze a little, but that's it. And it's footsteps and it's the, the, the scream, you know, and it's just perfect. Yeah. Uh, with them, um, just the way you were saying that, like 
in one of the, I think it was the very first episode of Petrified, it's set in a radio station, but there's a part where somebody taps on the window of a car. So we just did it thinking like whatever, but the amount of people have said that the noise of that tapping was terrifying and we didn't think of it. We're just like, okay, we need it. I wrote in script, this will happens, but um, yeah, whatever. And then when you're making it, sometimes you kind of forget that this is a scary bit or whatever, but like, a few people have actually said to me, like to my face, the noise of the tapping on the thing was scary. So yeah, like it's you're exactly right. Like kind of sound design plays such a massive part. Hugely, in, in hugely. I'm I'm one of those people, by the way. Like I I remember, like oh, I can't remember the name of the show, but it was basically a person who lived out in the wilderness. Uh, they had windows everywhere and no curtains, you know, and it was really dark, and uh, you could hear someone tapping on a window. And eventually, after going through all the windows, they see the person outside and he's just looking in, he's just tapping on the window. And um, the camera goes in and he smiles, it ends. And uh, every time I hear of something like someone tapping on it, which happens a lot, like it, it's it's extra creepy to me now just because of that, that one show I saw when I was probably too young to really take it in. And yeah, uh, that's, uh, that's probably what got me so hooked so early on. I'm petrified, and uh, it's yeah, yeah that, that that moment it, it hangs around. It's one of those things I look over my shoulder around before I turn off the lights, going to bed. You know, we know how to get you now. You know, you just have to. <laughs> with me, you just have to show up with a picture of the Sacred Heart or something. And with you, I just need to tap on your window. You know, <laughs> we'll, we'll tap the Sacred Heart off the window. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, we'd have heart attacks. Yeah. That would be the absolute worst. Oh, man. <laughs> so, Petrified uh, launches every Wednesday or Thursday? Wednesday? Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. So, every mm. Wednesday, there's a new episode for the next six six more weeks? Yes. Six more yeah. weeks. And they're all up there still to, to, to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the others are up there, ready to be listened to. Fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. And what a cast, man. Like, I mean, you have to, you have to hand yeah. the cast out. They are brilliant, you know, and they, they just pull it off every time. You know, you've had a couple of new members of the cast this year. Yeah, for if there's any other, um, uh, if there's anyone familiar with the podcast, Welcome to Night Vale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Sam Baldwin, who is the, who's the narrator of that, he's in an episode. And then we have, um, there's a, a, an independent horror filmmaker called Larry Fessenden, who I'd be a huge fan of. This was another thing w- with the Anne Doyle thing, like, um, just chatting with Liam and Liam said, who would you like to have in the next series? And I said, oh, Larry Fessenden. And then the same thing, three days later, Liam rings me and he goes, yeah, Larry Fessenden is doing it. I was like, what? So, but, uh, but cool. um, yeah, but so we have them two and then, yeah, getting the petrified, and then and all of course, and then just getting the petrified family back together for more of the same. You know, everyone, uh, Everyone kind of who's been in one before now expects to be called for another one. They're kind of like, oh, very good. Uh, am I not in this one? You know, so all right, I'm okay. Petrified players, yeah, absolutely. You should really test the limits of Liam's power there. And the next time he asks you that question, say De Niro or Pacino or someone, just, just <laughs> or see, somebody you know. that's dead, that would be. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's your that's your next live one, I think. Oh, wow, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who dug him up? Yeah, Peter, 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 and Liam perform a séance on stage. You know. <laughs> oh my God! Don't tell me that's the next live show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trying to get trying to get Michal McLeamore into into an episode of Petrified or something, you know? 
Lord, I am man. there. Yeah. I'm buying tickets to that. Yeah, yeah, love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, Peter, thank you so much for coming along to the Odd Spot. It's Thanks been so much for having me. It was great crack. Yeah, it's been brilliant. And uh, if people want to find you online, find Liam, find Petrified, where, where do they go? Uh, so, yeah, on socials, it's just at, sorry, at Petrified underscore pod. And that's our social handle. So that's how you'll... That's how you'll dig us up. So that's on everything on on any channel you're on. Yeah. Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then and then all the all the episodes are like, you know, what's they say? Wherever you find your I was gonna say your good podcast. I can't think of phrase. whatever no, forget it. Yeah. Ask, ask whenever ben. you get your podcast. Ask yeah, Ben about I, that one. I had a moment one day <laughs> where we were doing um a thing, I think, for for the odds podcast. We're doing a promo, yeah. I, I could not say it right I kept saying um, download wherever you subscribe and, uh, <laughs> that's going to haunt me forever <laughs> wherever you download your subscribe podcast mm. yeah. put that in the episode with the second heart against the wind and now we have <laughs> it's just, but that's actually worse I think because I hear that so many times now on, on, on every kind of podcast and all I get like is a big dose of that Irish shame you know oh, I got it wrong I'll never forget it yeah, back to back to the Catholics again, you know. <laughs> Guilt. <laughs> it always comes back to the Catholics. <laughs> All right, well thanks again Peter and uh look really enjoying Petrified. It's brilliant and can't wait to hear the rest of the season. Yeah, best look of the season man. It's been great. Thank you. Thanks for coming along. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us on The Odds Pod. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Look out for The Odds coming soon from Scout Comics. And please tell us what your favourite apocalypse is. You can find me on Twitter at Benessy. That's B-E-N-N-E-S-S-Y. And me on at Dave Hendrick. Big thanks to our producer, Adrian Carty, and we'll see you at the end of the world.